Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? I'm Emma, by the way. Lots of people have been complaining that we don't introduce ourselves at the beginning of the episode. So I'm Emma. And I'm Fred. No, you're not. (laughs) Don't confuse people. I'm Emma. He's Dan. And we're going to bring you some ghost stories today. But before we do that, we need to thank our gorgeous Patreon subscribers. Are you ready? I am. We would like to say thank you to Alicia F. Uh, Natasha. Denise Morales White. Matthew Long. Katie Bisen. Ashley Murray. Sarah Fim. Abby Cooper. Neil Kennedy. Diana Vavik. Leanne Curran. Emma Davies. John Welsh. Anna Campbell. Callum Gaffney. Charles Sereno. Brittany Sanders. Ollie Green. Ruby Watkins. Tessa Mills. Thank you all so much for your gorgeous Patreon pledge. We appreciate it so much and we love you massively. Absolutely. Are you ready for our film review this week? Yeah. Our film review this week is The Vault. The Vault was released in 2017. It has an IMDb rating of 4.8 out of 10 and a Rotten Tomatoes rating of 26%. Would you like a synopsis? Yeah. Two estranged sisters hatch a scheme to rob a bank to save their brother. The heist begins smoothly, but mayhem soon ensues when the defiant manager sends them to a basement level vault where something truly evil dwells. What were your thoughts on this film? I didn't mind it, actually. I thought the concept was quite good. Good idea. Well, maybe wasn't executed as well as it could have been. But I did quite enjoy it. It felt very much like a heist movie for a long time. And then it suddenly takes a turn. And you're like, ooh. I don't even know if it takes a turn, though. Because it it was a heist movie for ages. And then it has these weird smatterings of horror. So it's neither a heist movie or a real horror film. And I thought it was really clumsy and badly executed. And I fucking hate James Franco. It's but a that's, horse movie. But that's not horse relevant. Movie? Horse A horse movie? Horsed. Horsed movie. I was going to say horror movie and I never does that. I tell you who is in it though. If anybody watches Orange is the New Black, Taryn Manning is in it who plays Pensatucky in Orange is the New Black and she's really good. She's one of the sisters. She, I thought she was really good in it. She plays her classic kind of vaguely mental yeah. um, character. Well, I say yeah, but she was a vaguely mental character. And I thought she was really good in it as one of the sisters. She's a bit badass. But I just really disliked the... F- like, I didn't really understand what was going on for ages. Mostly because I it was so boring that I stopped paying attention. It wasn't boring. It was boring. No, you've just got the worst attention span in the world. If it doesn't catch you in, like, two minutes, you don't pay attention to the rest of it. But it, I did not think it was really badly executed. <laughs> no, not really badly executed. It wasn't as well executed as it could be. Because I don't think they gave you much... Of, like, you kind of had to find out why they were robbing the bank in the first place in piecemeal excerpts all the way through. 
and they didn't do a lot to establish the characters other than the two sisters really yeah and you kind of alluded to what might happen but you didn't yeah there was a lot there was a lot of bits missing but I didn't think and I thought the um I thought the big M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end of it was really obvious like we had both guessed it before like about an hour into the film we were like oh that's what's happening here and the premise is is that there's they hold a lot of people hostage when they do this heist and they open this vault and all these freaky deaky people like ghost people with bags over their heads who look really like the hostages are like dicking around you you think they're killing people i don't really know how it's described but i've given loads away though the 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 idea like the um faceless ghosts as they were with like the hostage bags over their head i thought that they were really creepy and well done yeah because they would just multiply out of nowhere and in the beginning it was like are these the hostages oh no they're ghosts oh god why are they ghosts this is awful it was a bit hammer horror as well for me and you know i don't like that this is a bit gory and the yeah. and I didn't like it, but not not gratuitously so and not unnecessary. Like it wasn't like loads of violence that made me feel sick. It was just a bit gruesome at times. Yeah, although they did, it was a little bit gruesome, but they did actually cut at certain points where it could have been more sorry. Like when a guy blows his head off, you, you see him put yeah. the gun in his mouth and you hear the sound, but you don't see anything. And that could have been worse. I mean, you do see him later. later. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I know you're trying not to give <laughs> stuff away as well. I'm like, how do I talk about this without giving stuff away? Because it wasn't awful. No, I don't It wasn't it was like awful. open house awful or it wasn't whatever American that one. Poltergeist. American Poltergeist awful. But which I just wasn't awful. I just thought it was badly executed, which annoyed it me. It was. No, it was badly executed. And I agree but it was, with you. I agree that it was a good concept. Yeah. Like. I, you know, I, I, I do like a good heist film and mixing a heist film with a horror film is really interesting, but I just don't think they did it very well. And the reason behind the twist, which obviously I can't talk about, it made sense, but you kind of had to figure out why it made sense in your own time. You weren't really, there wasn't yeah. really a... They didn't have a, enough exposition for it to work, no, I think. Yeah. You were left guessing and trying to put pieces together way yeah. too much for it to be really effective. I know why they did that, because they were trying to prevent you from getting to the twist too early, but it just... Yeah, but it didn't work. No. I would have rather that they told us early on what the twist was yeah. and then used that as a way to really amp up the horror yeah. because it was neither. It was neither a heist film nor a horror film and then that's where it fell down, I think. It was a horsed film. It was a horsed film. It wasn't a horsed film. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and I think if you're going to do, like, if you're going to do a horror film, that thread needs to be there the whole way through, not sort of halfway through and mm. then... Definitely. Then it just sort of happens sporadically. Like, there was no, like, creeping dread once you realised there was ghosts in, in the bank. But they could have been they could have made more of a lot of things and they didn't. Yeah, that they was didn't. the problem. Because the there wasn't enough made of the relationship dynamic between the three of them, the two sisters and the brother, until two minutes from the end. Yeah. I'm going to be really frank. I did not even realise there were siblings. That's how little attention I paid. <laughs> <laughs> until I saw the synopsis, I was like, oh, they're all siblings. All of them. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I just thought it was the three main no, no, ones. No, yeah, the three main ones are yeah. siblings. Yeah, not the two, the not other the two other guys. guys. Yeah, but I was like, oh, oh, that makes sense now. But they, I think they could have done with, <laughs> they could have done with a bit of a prelude telling you why they were robbing the bank. Yeah, rather than trying to establish it in the moment of robbing the bank, because also there's these other two goons that there's no explanation for why they're getting involved. No, why are they there? They're I just don't know. they're just there to be expendable characters. Yeah. That's all they're there yeah. for, and it annoyed me. Yeah. What would you give this film out of five? Uh, I'm going to go down the Emma route and give it three. Wow. Hmm. I'm going to give it two. Okay. Because I, I like I like Taryn Manning. I think she's a really good actress. 
I thought it was a good concept. I thought it was badly executed and I fucking hate James Franco. Ugh. If you're listening, James Franco, I don't like you. Come at her. Come at me. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Anyway, we've got three stories today. Hmm. And they're not actually listener stories. Are they all happy about picnics and summer holidays and... It's pretty much like the famous five. Brilliant. Only with demons. Okay. So gorgeous Christina, who is one of our uh, listeners, sent me a message on Facebook and she said, oh, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but it's really freaky. And she sent me this Reddit story and I read it and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And it was such a great story. I'm going to talk about the validity of the story afterwards. I did loads of research. I went fell down a rabbit hole with this story. And then it led me to two other stories as well. Okay. So this isn't a listener episode. I've actually done some research for this episode. Wow. Who knew? Brace yourself. Okay. Are you ready? Am I not going to like these then? I don't think you are. Mm. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Story number one is the story of Jimmy C. And this comes from the underscore restless artist on Reddit. So go and find it if you need to. This has haunted me for a long time. I was about 19 or 20 at the time and I was living in Savannah. I drank a lot. I worked this terrible job as a grunt labourer. The kind where you go to those temp labour agencies like Able-Body and Labour Finders. I'd show up at 4am, work till 5pm and drink myself to sleep after only taking home maybe $60 for the day. I was supposed to go into work this particular morning but I decided to skip it. It's a labour agency, they'll just find somebody else. I called the girlfriend and told her I wanted to go to the beach. Tybee Beach. I had already started drinking. She comes over, we hop in my big ugly van, pack up some rods and head to the beach. I decided to have a drink across from the beach at this little bar. And this is where my story gets interesting. Shortly after ordering my drink, I get this really weird feeling. I became hyper aware of my surroundings. The door opens and I see this guy walk in out of my peripheral vision. There was a seat between me and my girlfriend, but the bar was empty at like 9am. And he could have sat anywhere else. But he chose to sit right between her and I. Then he starts doing this thing with his fingers. The bar was reflective and he takes his fingers like two little legs and just starts walking with them, skating with them on top of the counter. This isn't something out of the ordinary, but I took notice because when I was in school, I did that all the time. I pretended I had rollerblades on my fingers and that I was skating around my desk. I hated school and was always distracting myself. So I became kind of mesmerized for some reason. 
that's when he looks at me and in this really kind of Germanic accent he says I notice you're a man who pays attention to detail I'm also a man who pays attention to detail now before I continue I have to describe this guy he had short spiky hair that was bleached at the tips kind of like a late 90s vibe he had really expensive clothes on like a nice Prada leather jacket nice designer jeans really nice boots He seemed like a kind of a gay guy with awesome fashion sense and a really distinctive taste. I always remember this because I think to myself, some weird homeless crazy guy could not have afforded these clothes. Anyway, the other thing that stood out was his eyes. They were piercing grey. It reminded me of a husky's eyes, but his pupils just stayed this disturbing pinpoint size. They were just extremely small, which caused his look to be kind of terrifying. His teeth were normal, right? But not at the same time. I don't know how to explain it. They were sharper than they should be, kind of like they were filed slightly. His hands were normal, but his fingernails were slightly long and pointed as if he deliberately did it. He kept licking his teeth too, as if he was salivating. The thing about this guy is that you look at him and everything seems normal, but off at the same time. So you're just questioning if you're crazy for thinking it. This guy then begins to start talking about the relationship between me and my girlfriend, but really strangely, he's talking to her about how beautiful she is and how I should pay more attention to her. I was kind of a dick to her. I had almost this knowing feeling come over me, like, like I knew this guy wasn't human. I look at my girlfriend and I say, you need to leave. She just kind of looks at me and she knows too. Without a word of protest, she gets up quietly and leaves. Later, I learned that she went next door to get a coffee. That's when this guy literally says to me with the utmost confidence, you were supposed to go fishing today. He points at the beach across the street. If you had, I would have drowned you in the ocean. And I shit you not, he fucking hissed it at me. Again, for some reason, this overwhelming calm had come over me. I just asked, who are you? And he answers back in this crazy guttural language. But it was really long. It sounded Arabic or Hebrew or something. I just, for some reason, without skipping a beat, and I've no idea why I was so calm to this day, I ask him, say it in a way that I can understand. He says, you can call me Jimmy C. I jumped off the San Francisco bridge years ago. And we've been watching you. From there on, he never referred to himself as me or I, but only we. The conversation became something very strange after this. He was saying things like, We see you taking a bath. We wish we too could feel the warmth of the water and the comfort of the steam. And other stuff. He kept buying me drinks too, specifically whiskey sours. It was like he had an endless supply of money. He smoked Marlboro ultralight cigarettes. After I don't know how long, because I lost all sense of time, I told him I'm going to leave. I walk next door and I get my girlfriend and she's stone silent. We start driving home and we don't say a word to each other. Then I just ask, do you know what that was? And she just says, that was a demon. This girl had parents that were scientists. She was really analytical, completely non-religious, and that was the first thing out of her mouth. Now, I didn't say this part before because to me, this is the most important aspect of the story, so I'll say it now. 
Because it's what happened after this that screwed me up for fucking years. The last thing this Jimmy C guy said to me before I left is this. Look at my car. I look outside and I see one of those newer Volkswagen Beetles and it was white. What does the license plate say? I look at the plate and it literally says, Fierce. He looks me dead in the eye and he says, The next time you see me, I'll be driving a black Mercedes and the license plate will say Utopia. Stupid, right? That night I was still calm and I don't know why. I felt like I'd been hypnotised. But my girlfriend started having these terrible nightmares of this guy's head just staring at her in her dreams. Weeks went by and that's when the encounter started to affect me. I found myself becoming paranoid about that black fucking Mercedes. Every black car I saw I checked if it was a Mercedes. If it was, I immediately looked at the license plate. I started doing it when I was watching TV or movies as well. I just couldn't stop myself. Now I'm going to fast forward a bit. About 10 years go by. I'm 29. And in silence, when I'm alone, when I'm drinking, I often think about this encounter. I still look at black Mercedes every time they pass. But I'm not so much anxious about it anymore. More curious. And I remember that my girlfriend at the time always just kept a journal. By now, I'm pretty sure that I'm insane. Maybe I was drunk, maybe I'm not remembering any of this correctly. After years of trying to find news articles of a Jimmy C that committed suicide off the San Francisco Bridge, looking at black cars and so on, I felt like I'd grown out of it. Yet, I still had to know. So last year I tracked down my ex-girlfriend. We ended on bad terms. I find out that she's a school teacher in Wisconsin, has married a woman and is actually trying to have a child. I figure she's not going to talk to me but I send her a Facebook message anyway. I ask her if she can find the journal from that day because I have to know if her events line up with mine. Sure enough, she has it. And it contained even more detail than what I remembered because she had literally written it at the coffee shop next door right after it happens. So then it goes into her diary entry for that day and it's exactly the same as his. Well, exactly the same as in reasonably exactly the same. When I read what she had written literally that day, I knew I hadn't imagined the details wrong. I knew this had actually happened. This is probably the single most frustrating and scary thing that has ever happened to me. I want to imagine it's just a normal crazy guy, but unless you saw it and felt it and heard him talk about all the little details of what you were supposed to do that day when only you knew it, you just can't understand the impact of it. It's been 10 years, and my only solace really is that my ex-girlfriend was there to corroborate my story. That communication where I reached out to her actually caused us to be on good terms again after a decade. It seems to have been something that bothered her just as much as it bothered me. And still to this day, even though I'm living 10,000 miles away in Southeast Asia, I can't stop looking for that car. And I can't stop thinking about Jimmy C's twisted face. I wonder if he still crawls on my back. And if the fear I feel at night, often to where I must drink myself to sleep or find a one-night stand just so I don't feel alone, is him, or rather them, watching me. So what do you think? No, 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 no. Didn't like that. Gave me goosebumps. Very well read as well, by the way. Thanks. Thanks very much. Even more, because you were reading it properly. I know, I was practicing my Jimmy C voice all week. Not, Not a fan of that at all now I when I first would just like to put out there don't drink and drive because this guy clearly drank way too much and should never be beyond the wheel 
that, at that any too. point in the story. So uh, when I when Christina first sent me this, I read it and I was like, oh, that is a really good story. But I thought it was just like a no sleep story. Like mm. I thought it was just a made up story. So I was like, oh, it's a really good story to read, but I don't know where I'm going to launch from with it. And then I went, fell down a rabbit hole of looking at stuff on Reddit about this story. Because this story went mental on Reddit. Like people went mad for it. And the guy answered loads of questions about it. And he was like, no, this genuinely happened to me. And if anybody... So there's people who spotted like inconsistencies between his story and his girlfriend at the time and whatever. And he was like, obviously there's going to be inconsistencies. We're two different people. Yeah. Like th- that's, that's obviously going to happen. And you don't remember things the same way, you know, 10 years later as yeah. you did then and whatever. Which I thought was a reasonable way to kind of combat those questions. And then people looked up the car. Yeah. I'm going to pause there for a sec. What are you doing? Sorry, Bim is beside us and she's she never comes out when we're podcasting. She's just sitting next to me looking up at her. She was looking up at me now. She's looking over there. She uh, is making loads of noise as well. So I'm sorry if you can hear her in the background. So I looked up loads of stuff on Reddit and people obviously had looked up stuff as well. The fucking car, the black Mercedes with the license plate Utopia exists. Mm. That is a real car. Creepy. And it had been completely inactive for years and years and years. And then recently, so some guy had checked it on like a government website to yeah. see like, did it exist? What, what, you know, what plates were linked to this car and whatever. And he got a message recently being like, we hope that your car has been serviced well or whatever. So the car is now back in action. This fucking... Has you- it been shipped to Southeast Asia? Who knows? And then other people looked up the death, like, so the, the death records for the bridge in San Francisco. And they couldn't... So this person was I'm like... I'm guessing it's Golden Gate Bridge because this... Probably. Number. So he was like looking 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 and then he was finding various people that just didn't match the story and then he found this person that was called like alfred james c something whatever this surname was who went by jimmy and he looked up this person and somebody else had drawn what this guy had described and the two fucking pictures matched Uh... like Fucked me up. If you're interested, honestly, go and find this on Reddit. Like, you will fall down a rabbit hole of looking up stuff about this. It kind of felt to me like a Final Destination thing. Like, he was meant to die that day. He was meant to go into the ocean, fish, and die for whatever reason. And he didn't. And then whatever, whether it was death, whether it was a demon, whatever it was, arrived and was like, you fucking pissed me off because you were meant to die today. It's creepy, but... If you're powerful enough to kill people, you just kill them in another way, right? Well, maybe maybe it's all laid out for us, you know? Like, he could just walked in and... And shot him. And then walked off into his car, his fierce car, and gone away in the garage with his utopia, ready for the next one. What would be the reason then for it? Why would he... Why would he do that? Why would he... This person, this Jimmy C, why would he not kill him if that was what was meant to happen? Yeah, that's what, I don't, that's what I don't understand. Maybe he was um, purposely trying to scare this guy because he sounds like a bit of a dick. Yes, that is possible as well. It is possible as well. But the fact that that car exists with that number plate... Yeah, and it's a black mark. And it was pretty gross. Don't like this story. Game of the Creeps. Who's we as well? Like, it wasn't just him, was it? He was saying, we watch you. We would like to enjoy a bath. We would like to feel the warm water on our bodies it's almost like they're demons yeah and they don't have that luxury anymore yeah and why did the girlfriend know it was a demon she well in her version yeah I didn't read out because it's essentially the same thing she kept thinking in her head this man is the devil like this man is the devil she didn't know why she was thinking mm. it it just kept popping into her head she was like this man is the devil and then the man turned and looked to her and said I know what you're thinking and you think you're crazy but it's not that far removed from the truth 
And it kind of reminded me as well of, you know, the Smile of Man 3 a.m. Hmm. that's what that's the vision I had in my head yeah. of him and yeah. I don't know why they both I don't know what relevance it was that he might have been gay I mean that seems like a really I missed that superfluous detail you know they both so he said um, he seemed like a gay man with a really good sense of style oh, yeah. and then she says in her narrative as well I thought he was gay and I was like well, that's kind of irrelevant yeah so this anyway led me down a rabbit hole of stuff on Reddit and I desperately wanted to find like more stories of a similar vein. Yeah. Like stories about people who had met weird people, stories about people who had met people who could like predict the future or who knew weird stuff about them. That is a really difficult thing specifically to look up. Yes. Because if you look up people's encounters with weird people, they're like, I once met a homeless person. I once met a drug addict. And you're like, I saw someone masturbating. Oh, that's where you went. Okay. No, that's what I, that's the kind of thing that comes up, I'd imagine. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's a lot of weird stuff. Mm. Like, you know kids nearly being abducted and whatever and that wasn't what I was looking for I mm. wanted like another story like this where sinister that was sinister no harm came yeah. to this man yet but he has spent the last 10 years of his life obsessing yeah over this black Mercedes which imagine is... being that guy though and then someone that you don't know going yeah that car's real and it's just been activated yeah you would be shitting yourself because I'm assuming he's still looks it up on reddit or whatever because it's yeah. a really big thing on reddit and in my like big search for other stories of a similar vein i came across this thread on reddit that is all about police officers dispatchers like first responders and their paranormal experiences and stuff they've experienced in the field i've left the link in the description of this episode so go and go honestly i had to stop myself from reading it because i was like i've got a thesis to write so i need to get <laughs> off this but i've got two more stories for you okay are you ready for story no, number two? No, I'm not. Because that first one, I, I really didn't like. And I can't imagine them getting any better if you've been down the rabbit hole. Well, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to go for it anyway, okay? At any point in the history of the show, am I going to get to actually just say no and you be like, no, we're not reading it? No, that would be... Yeah, well, no, you can. Like, that might happen, but then it wouldn't be an episode. Oh, yeah, good point. People would be disappointed. Okay, fair play. There'd be people crying in the streets. Okay. etc. Are you ready for story number two? This story comes from... Landy0034 on Reddit, so go find it if you want to. I've been on patrol for several years. I had a backup officer with me who witnessed everything that happened this night. Dispatch sent me to a call in a mountain area late one night. Dispatch said the caller reported several people holding a baby above their heads and chanting while standing on her property. The call sounded ridiculous, and I smirked as Dispatch gave me the details. I arrived at the proper address after driving about 20 minutes along a mountain road. There's not much else up here, and it was extremely quiet. No one walks around, there aren't very many cars driving this late. I walked along a gated driveway, through a lit wooded area. I found the caller's house, with two dim lights near the front door. The house was surrounded on three sides by heavy woods. I felt a little uneasy, just looking at the house. I knocked on the front door while standing on a large patio. I heard something move to my left, which startled me because it was so close. It sounded like a person or something big. I looked to the left and used my flashlight to light up the patio and I didn't see anyone. I continued to knock and I could hear two voices inside the house. I clearly heard a male and a female. This made me feel a little better I thought I heard somebody on the patio, but it must have just been somebody inside the house. The female eventually opened the door. She was terrified, almost crying. 
She asked me to come inside and to close the door. She led me to the living room where I saw a very cheap security monitor, almost like a baby monitor camera setup, with audio and video playing. The camera setup only provided live feed. The camera was positioned to view the front door and the patio area where I was just standing. The audio was silent as I watched the monitor for a few seconds. The woman began to explain when I interrupted and asked where the male was inside the house because I'd heard his voice. She looked very confused and said that she was here alone. I was surprised because I know for a fact I heard a male's voice when I knocked. I asked her several times and initially thought she was lying to me. My partner checked the house and did not find anyone there. The woman said that while she was reading and sitting on the sofa, she heard something over the security camera. She looked at the display and saw two people on the patio standing at the front door. She heard knocking at the door and called the police. I looked at the monitor and although it was low quality, I could see the patio and the front door area with decent clarity. As the woman continued to explain, the audio on the monitor went from quiet to extremely loud. We all stopped talking. The caller was shaking. I looked at the monitor but didn't see anybody. Loud audio, like static, continued to blast from the speakers. It sounded like wind, but it wasn't windy that night. I asked the woman, what is that? And she said, it's them. I looked at my partner, who was clearly nervous. The woman gave me her cell phone, stating she took pictures of the monitor, showing the two people on her patio. I looked through several low-quality pictures and didn't see anything. I continued to scroll, and sure enough, I see two tall figures standing at the door. One of the figures is clearly holding something. The figures looked strange, dark and featureless, in contrast to the video that I saw on the monitor. I was in disbelief and thought, oh my god, she's telling the truth. I continued to scroll and saw one figure holding something up over its head. Another picture showed the item at the base of the door with both figures standing near it. I tried to reason to explain what could have caused these images, but it was pretty apparent that there had definitely been two subjects on her patio. We checked outside, walking the property to the tree line. I mentioned the movement on the patio and the male voices from inside the house. My partner asked me to stop talking about it. We finished checking and returned to speak with the caller. She says she will be driving into town and staying at a hotel because she's too scared to stay here tonight. We walk along the driveway back to our cars. My partner jumps into the patrol car and takes off. I laughed, but I felt really uneasy standing there in the dark. And I leave shortly afterwards. What are your thoughts? It's a nice friendly story. Who are they? they? Where's the baby come from? Who was the male voice? Who was with him on the patio? So many questions. There's so many elements to the story. Yeah. It's like paranormal, but not. Yet nothing happened. Nothing happened. It's like satanic. It's not. I don't know. Nothing happened. Like nothing happened in that story at all. Like it had already happened, already been there. So that's weird. Apart from the loud noise. Like somebody was standing just out of view on the patio. I did nearly giggle though when when you said it at the start, when you said about the group of people holding the baby up chanting. (laughs) And I was just thinking of the Lion King. I knew you were going to say the Lion King. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, though. I wouldn't stay there. I'd be fucking traumatised if I was that woman in the house. I would yeah. shit myself. And I would yeah. absolutely would call the police. I'd yeah. be like, I'm not staying here. I wouldn't stay there. I'd That's why myself. city living's better than 
country living because you can you can make you can give an excuse to anything in the city i think just, uh, someone outside uh, someone next door someone outside uh, holding a baby past. up yeah but there's loads of other people and chanting there. like if that but the thing was if that imagine that happens outside our door you got like neighbors either side that would have heard and seen the same thing someone over the street that would have seen the same thing they're in the middle of a lit street to start with yeah like it's not the same as being in a like a remote property on your own and someone just rocks up on your door there is holding a baby <laughs> there is something about the remoteness of it that makes it worse as Absolutely. well like even if you're in that situation your brain will immediately go to i have nowhere to go yep like if anything happened in this house i know that i could leave the house and have neighbors yep all down the street yeah. that I could knock on the door and be like, please help me. They probably yeah. wouldn't fucking open the door, but that's not the point. But when you're in that remote area, you can't escape. There is nowhere to run to. Or it's just expanse. So you can, but you're probably going to end up worse off than you are. Yeah, you're not going to get very Which is far. why she probably waited for the police to come before she decides to drive to the hotel, I'd imagine. Because otherwise she's on her own, isn't she? Yeah, oh, I would. I would, I would wait until the police got there. I'd be like, please escort me somewhere because I'm not staying here on my own. Yeah, and then you check yourself into a really busy hotel and you're just like... Just watch some cartoons, go to bed, it's yeah. fine. Would you go back to the house? Never. No, really? No, I'd pay someone to burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> that was such an extreme reaction. I'd pay somebody to burn it to the ground so I never have to see it again. Yeah. Do you think it was paranormal or do you think it was cult? I think there's a lot more cult stuff that happens in the world than we are aware of. Yep. Um, and I don't mean cult like Scientology, like that or kind of Peter thing. Gate. I mean, I mean dark, dark things that happen mm. just beyond our reach of society, like not paranormal. So if you look at our our boy in the attic episode, yeah, like that, absolutely, there was some cultish yeah. weird shit that was going on yeah. there. I read about, I was reading yesterday about um, that guy in America that that Satanist, him and his mum were Satanists living in this house. The police got a tip off and they found bodies in the garden. They went into the house. The house was covered in like human excrement and all. And that was their choice. Like, because they were living as their idea of Satanism. And it was mental. Imagine living in shit though. Meant like living in literal shit. And he boasted to people about how he had eaten these people and whatever. And everyone thought he was like bullshitting. And then they found these fucking bodies in the garden. And yeah, so he, anyway. But that was another, that's another story for another day. But I do think that these things happen in the world that we're not aware of. Mm, so I came, I ran in, I ran into, I came across a Satanist recently. Did you? Yeah, I told you about it. And it was a really unexpected person to be a Satanist. Oh, in conversation, not like in the middle of the woods. No, not in the middle of the woods doing sacrifice. a cult or doing a sacrifice or anything. No, um, just in, in conversation. I just had somebody who came, who told me they were Satanists and I, and I didn't believe it. And then. They told me all about it, but the really weird, the really strange thing was that this was actually quite a young person, like a really yeah. young person. But there's like branches of Satanism, isn't there? There's, mm. there's like that extreme sort of like devil worship Satanism, but there's also that that just rejection of religion. And I do, I live for myself branch yeah. of uh, Satanism, which is slightly different. I yeah, think. it's more um, hedonistic, yeah, really, than it being dangerous. Yeah, interesting. We'll do an Anton Lavey episode at some point, will we? Yes, we will. <laughs> This also does sound like it was written by a police officer. Yeah, it does. Which interested me as well. Because some of the stories on that thread, I was like, you've definitely made this up. This isn't true. Whatever. But this one, I was like, oh, this this has got an air of... It's creepy, but nothing's actually happened. That's the thing about that story that makes it more believable, I think. Yeah, so he's not going. And then I saw them sacrificing a baby and whatever. And they threw the baby at the window. 
I There's something really powerful though about your own gut feelings about things as well. So yeah. going and seeing that picture and going, oh my God, what the fuck is that picture? Like, what are those people? They're really tall, but they're featureless and the monitor doesn't look right. And they're definitely holding something like, what what is happening? And she said that they were chanting as well. Chanting is so weird. Oh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Even like a Gregorian chant that's supposed to be like religious. spiritual and spiritual, religious and yeah. freaky. You ready for another story? I don't know if I can handle it, to be honest. I've had a long week, and I'm really, like, on the edge. One more to go. Okay. And this comes from Amat Samima Samima on Reddit. As a, Again, the link is in the description. Not sure if you guys would want to hear an Asian story, but I thought it was worth sharing. This was told by my dad when I was 12. Even now, when I ask him about the story, he can remember every vivid detail like it happened last week. My dad was in the police force for 20 years, and when he was just a rookie, he had to conduct nighttime roadblocks meant to catch drunk drivers. They had done it many times before, and this night started routine enough for them. That was until this Toyota Corolla drove up to them with what looked like a white blanket on its roof, flapping in the wind. They thought it was weird, but did not see anything amiss about it. One of them even joked that this guy was multitasking by drying his laundry and driving home at the same time. (laughs) The laugh stopped when the lone car came closer and all of them realised that it wasn't a white blanket. It was a woman in white lying face down on the top of the car. Oh no. The woman seemed to slide like a slug backwards until she disappeared behind the car as it eventually came to a stop in front of them. It took a few minutes for my dad's team to recompose themselves as they stared at each other as if to say, you guys saw that too, right? The most senior of them finally stepped up and shot the usual questions to the driver. There was a noticeable quiver in his voice as he made conversation and asked them to step out of the vehicle. My dad's team inspected the whole vehicle and they found nothing strange about it. The driver was a good-looking staff sergeant in the army who was heading home from a company event earlier that night and admitted to having had a few cans of beer. He said he lay down in his bunk to sleep it off, hence why he was driving home at that time. It was 4am. He passed their sobriety test and they started to ask him if he saw anything weird during his drive. Initially he said no, but after more questioning he mentioned that he did have to swerve to avoid what looked like a bird that was flying upside down. It was spooky, but he didn't think it was a detail worth sharing with police officers. The senior then told the guy to chill out at a 24-hour coffee shop before heading home. The locals believe that if a malevolent spirit follows you, making a pit stop confuses them so that they can't set up shop in your house. After some confusion of his own, the driver finally caught on and nodded in agreement. After the guy leaves, they call into the station and cut the night short. They never knew what happened to the driver, but they all hoped that he was okay. The vision of that woman woman sliding backwards off that car makes me want to fucking die. My first question would be, do you realise there was a woman on your roof? Obviously not. What is wrong? Why have you got a woman on your roof? Should there be a woman on your roof? <laughs> how much have you had to drink? And then I would have asked my partner, how much have we had to drink? Yeah. Are we? Have we been drinking all night? <laughs> I, oh, my vision in my head is of the woman from the grudge. Yeah, me too. Sliding backwards That's off just the because... Car. I mean, that's what I see. Woman in white, always. Yeah. It's fucking gross. But it's another one where it's just like, this is what we saw. It's creepy, but that's it. What What do you want? Do you no, want no, I'm not. No, story? I think it's worse for that reason because it's 
it's not like it doesn't turn into something that's really dramatic and yeah, like, there's oh, no look and then as the car pulled away a woman rose out of the ground and screamed and turned into a bird and flew off it's just like she went and then she's gone and that was it and that was it I like stories like that because <sighs> there is a sense of reality to them because they're not offering an explanation they're not being like and 20 years ago on that stretch of road it's just like this fucking happened that's it this was a weird thing that I saw one night and I bet if somebody messaged me and said um, oh, they'd love for us to go to our local and sit and talk to punters about like any ghost stories that they had and recorded it and I bet if we went to like the unicorn yeah. or something hi Laurie if you're listening if we went to the unicorn and sat in the unicorn like people would have mad stories like that where they'd be like oh, I saw this really weird thing once yeah, and this is what happened yeah. and that's it yeah. And that's why I love ghost stories because sometimes they're so unexpected. Like if you were to, to conjure up a ghost story in your head, you'd be thinking about like poltergeist. You'd be thinking about like, oh, and I saw a woman in white walking down a corridor. You don't think about a woman hanging onto the top of your fucking car while you're driving along. Oh, that's giving me the heebies. Blah. Imagine getting out of your car and there's a woman hanging onto the top of it. I would die a death. I would. No, thank you. I would. I would absolutely die. No, thank you. I'm glad I don't have to drive until Monday. <laughs> oh, that is. Oh, I have to drive tonight. Oh no! Why did I do that? Oh, uh, yeah. You just feed me to the. A bit, let, let's face it. If there's anything clinging to your car that's malevolent, it's after me, in it. Let's be honest. Yeah. So worst comes to worst, you can just ditch me, and you'll be fine. That's true. I feed. <laughs> I feed you to her. I would like have him, and off I'd go into the night. I love. Did you read, when you went on the Reddit, did you read any um, stories from uh, emergency call handlers and the weird stuff that they have? No, I didn't actually. There was none of that on it. There's some flipping terrifying stuff. I bet if I specifically looked for it, like Reddit is dangerous though because it means that I end up suddenly three hours have gone and I've not written a single word. And the other thing is with Reddit is like 70% of it you have to take with a massive pinch of salt as well, don't you? Because people go on there just to write stories, really. Just yeah, to get so the, the, the no sleep thread on yeah. Reddit is people who are writing creepypasta. Yeah. Like they, they are writing things with the intention of going viral yeah. or scaring people. It's like Dear David. Yeah. Like, but Dear David was genius yeah. with the way that he did yeah. it because it was sprinkled over time and it wasn't yeah. a big story on, on a Reddit thread. But if you read Dear David as one story on a, Reddit, on a Reddit thread, I don't think it would have been as creepy. And it is like, and this is why I picked these specific stories because the simplicity of them and both the detail and then lack of exaggeration yeah. made me go, oh, oh, those are good. There's so many good stories out there from... Uh, emergency call handlers from service people on duty like police and firemen and ambulance people and from serving military as well there's yeah. some really like obviously you have to take into account that it's a high intensity situation but there are some really creepy stories from soldiers that are on duty in Baghdad but also there's they're high intensity situations but these people are trained yeah. to deal with high yeah. intensity situations and they're all but they're all like those stories you read where it's just Something a little bit of something and it's not like it's not overly dramatic it's just unnerving yeah would you like to hear some reviews oh I thought you were going to take me down another line then yes we have three new reviews this week whoop oh that was I can't do high pitch then that no, was just like that was really <laughs> it's like you puberty woo woo <laughs> our first one comes from a crazy in a jar and it is entitled love this 
I'm binging all of your podcasts. So refreshing to hear an Irish accent. Meath girl here. Wait, wait. People from home, I'm loving it. Keep up the good work, guys. Girl, me and a motagut. I think we should change um, binge listening to binge. Binge. <laughs> Our second one comes from a Roman and it's entitled Yas. Yas Queen. Found this on Friday. By Monday, I binged 25 episodes. Oh, good job, people. I am proud of this binging. Y'all. This might be the perfect ghost podcast. Entertaining, educated, interesting, sceptical, but not too sceptical. And drumroll please, movie reviews. In the past few months, I've managed to thoroughly annoy my husband by exclusively listening to ghost <laughs> podcasts. But he likes you guys. Hey. He's mentioned it twice now. He's a movie guy and loves horror. So basically with this podcast, you've combined our interests and it's perfect. Actually, we are, like Jimmy C, stalking you and your husband. We designed and curated this podcast especially for the two of you. So you're welcome. And we too would like to get in a podcast <laughs> with you. <laughs> <laughs> and our last one comes from OG Ping you in app <laughs> in app bs see sometimes i don't see the actual words in these but i i mm, nope can't get it can't get it but if it's you thank you and it's entitled omg love you guys my daughter denise aguere got me hooked and you are awesome and do some research on la Llorona. so many people have said to us about doing la Llorona. we, we must, have to sit we have to see that film as well we'll have to we? watch the film and do an episode on it and if you enjoyed this week's episode all about demons and freaky things that have happened to various people around the world, then please, please, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you subscribe. Leave us a little review on iTunes. Leave us a review Apple on podcast. Facebook. Sorry, leave us an Apple podcast review. We got told off for that. Leave us an Apple podcast review. See, iTunes, we're listening. And make sure that you leave us a review on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter. At Real Ghost Pod. And you can find me on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. You can find Dan on Instagram. At 50p Movie Club. More likely to reply to your messages than post something, but I am there. He is there watching, lurking, <laughs> stalking. We also have a Facebook page called Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. Give it a little like and join our super secret podcast group where people post memes and funny things and generally are gorgeous on a daily basis. If you want to send us in your story, we have so many stories to get through still. They just keep rolling in and I'm loving it. Please don't stop because it means that we can keep this podcast going forever. If you do want to send us some stories about your fun family holiday where nothing happened, I'm down with that. I'm not. I'll just delete it so don't Mm. bother. You can send your stories into real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. And finally, finally, lastly but not leastly, if you have loved our podcast and you think, hey, I love this podcast so much, I really want some more content and I really want to give these guys some money, <laughs> then you can do that if you log on to Patreon. Patreon is a platform where we have like, it's like a Facebook page. We post extra content. For $2 a month, you can get the back catalogue of 50p Movie Club. And for $5 a month, you can get the back catalogue of 50p Movie Club and an extra episode, an extra spooky story a week. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, that's where you can sign up. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Through the window. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.